Covered in Glory is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to Covered in Glory, where we are only one month away from the World Cup, Brett. You started texting me about it. About, you started texting <laughs> me about it this week. Got me all flustered. Got me all excited. I can barely speak. How jacked up are you for the drop of the ball in Qatar in uh, a month from now? I mean, uh, you know, this just feels way, 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 way more exciting now that like the U.S. is actually in it. You know, um, I, I think that that 2018 where we, you know, it was fun. I watched the World Cup, but like, you know, you don't have a dog in the fight. And so it just wasn't the same. And so it feels it, it feels like it's been eight years since we've since I've really like got invested into a World Cup, which is my favorite sporting event. So, I mean, this, this is going to be awesome. I, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I know we have to drop a lot of the political things on on the outside of it to enjoy this a little bit. But I mean, it's a great event. Um, it's going to be a really interesting tournament, I think, which we'll talk about plenty in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Um, so, I mean, I, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. Well, in the next 30 days, my number one priority is getting a final ruling, whether I should be saying Qatar or Qatar. If I can get that squared away, I'll be ready to go. Uh, we'll have some exciting programming for you around the World Cup. We're going to be doing some, obviously, match previews. We'll be uh, posting a little bit more frequently. Might even do a few Spotify lives. So get excited. We are going to be there for it. It is my favorite sporting event as well. Having the U.S. back, I echo everything you say. It felt a little bit empty in Russia four years ago. Eight years since we saw the red, white, and blue. Strap one on during the World Cup. And I, I'm just dying for that first match. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, the greatest part too, is like, it just feels like the, every world cup, at least in, you know, my mostly adult life, we've had the 91st minute in 2010, we had Tim Howard's brick wall game in 2014, you know, they missed in 2018. It's kind of like, well, what is the U S going to do in 2022? Is this the year of the run? Is this the U S's year of the run? Um, or is there something else special that's going to happen? So we've had like, amazing us moments as well which is like that you know we're sport defining i mean you can go on what is it like 50 million views on that 91st minute reaction video from Lennon donovan's goal so yeah it's it's gonna be great it's really cool i i probably gonna burn out my youtube by watching old world cup highlights so i just can't wait for this one to start yeah and only 48 million of those are you and me so everybody else has to carry their weight <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Well, let's not look too far ahead. Let's uh, live in the here and now. We've got a few more weeks of the Premier League before they break for the grand event. Uh, let's start covering it. And we've got another cracker of a match this week, Brett, starting with Chelsea fourth at 20 points versus Manchester United fifth at 19 points Saturday at 1230 p.m. Chelsea over at Caesars is plus 109. United is plus 235. The draw is plus 250. Chelsea minus half a goal is plus 105. Manchester United is minus 135. Uh, so with the late breaking news today, Brett, even though this is a heck of a matchup, I guess we kind of have to start with Ronaldo. 
Given he allegedly hates the club now, I'm not sure why Ronaldo is doing them a favor by leaving. If he really wanted to troll them, he'd stick around throwing wrenches in their press and poisoning their chemistry. I think he's really letting them off light. Uh, I predict this is going to have a tremendously galvanizing effect on the team, allowing the rest of the lads to rally around his absence. It could only be a good thing going forward. Do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, I'm just impressed with the internet that there was already a video of Liz Truss's head on Ronaldo's body walking out of the <laughs> tunnel. Um, so, I mean, props to Twitter. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, it, it was very clear that, I mean, it's one of those moments where there really isn't a lot of ambiguity and we don't know all these things that are going on behind the scenes and we have to like take extra perspective. The dude walked out before the end of a match, a big win for the team and made it about himself. Um, and I think that in itself just kind of sums up the whole situation. There is no way that his absence or is going to affect the team negatively. It just seems like everything is going to be a positive because I'm sure that he was a nightmare as well behind the scenes. Um, and, and, and really they don't need him. Like they, they don't, they have a young attacking trio that they're going with right now. Um, that's generating a lot of good chances. I mean, that obviously got him a win against a really good Spurs team. Um, so, I mean, I, I just don't see how this could possibly backfire on them. Um, I think, you, you, like you said, he's doing United a favor. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, now we have that out of the way. Back to the pitch. And Brett, what the hell did I just watch midweek? The Manchester <laughs> United beat the Spurs 2-0 in a game featuring Sun. Harry Kane, Fernandez, Rashford, Varane, uh, Anthony, Sancho, et cetera, and so forth. And the best player on the pitch was freaking Fred. He suddenly <laughs> turned into prime Zidane, marooning all, uh, all over the pitch and wreaking havoc, absolute havoc on Tottenham. Not only that, Eric Tenheim clearly outcoached Antonio Conte. So what is going on? I watched Moonfall on the treadmill this week, and it's more plausible to me the moon is a megastructure built by aliens than either of those two things happening. Should I be getting to higher ground, Brett, as an earth-shattering gravity wave <laughs> on its way to wipe us all out? Yeah, I mean, that was a weird one, man. You're, you're right. Um, uh, you know, I <laughs> I was building a, DF, a couple of DFS stacks for that slate. And uh, I looked at the lineup from Spurs and I was like, wow, like this is a really defensive look. Like they, they're a third attackers out, you know, no Richarlison, no Kulishevsky. So they, they put in Basuma next to Hoybeer and, and Bentoncourt. And I was like, this is going to be an ugly match. Like, you know, Spurs are just going to jam up midfield. United might actually have trouble with just Kane and Son kind of being free from most of their defensive stuff. And they just blitzed them. I mean, 28 shots to nine. Yes. Um, it was wild. I, I, I could not have anticipated that from the starting 11s in a million years that that would have been the outcome. Um, I think, I think, and I don't want to, I'm going to, you know, say this like as vaguely as I can. I think what we saw yesterday is part of the same thing that we've been underwhelmed with Spurs with the entire time. There is something missing with that team. Yeah. And I think we're at a point with the run-up of matches and I should, I should point out like the champions league is obviously putting a lot of extra stress on these teams, but there is something going on there. And I think United exposed it. Yeah. And I think we'll talk a lot more about Spurs a little bit later on um, sticking to this match, you know, Chelsea 
is single-handedly being rescued by Keppa of all people, who's won them four points in the <laughs> last week, nearly single-handedly. Like, I'm having a hard time handicapping anything right now. How can I expect it to be make sense of anything when Keppa and Fred are world beaters? Kudos to yeah. Keppa, who stayed ready all these years and stepped right into the limelight and took a bow with skill and confidence that he was roundly missing when he was, you know, our record signing and starting every match. Uh, but I'm kind of assuming this can't last forever. For you Harry Potter fans out there, eventually the Felix Felicius has to run out. So given the trouble I'm having, Brett, why don't you give your picks first for this match? Well, I mean, the one thing I will say, though, uh, when Keppa is the reason that you get a good result against Aston Villa, probably not a good thing. As exciting as the comeback story is, still not a good thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about having concerns with Spurs. Obviously, you know, Chelsea's been hit really hard with two big injuries. Conte out, going to miss the World Cup as well. Reese James out, going to miss the World Cup. Those two are huge. We talked before the season about Conte as kind of being the sole defensive midfielder that they've had. Reese James is on your Mount Rushmore of great <laughs> soccer players that you love. Um, and the other thing, too, is that this is the seventh match for Chelsea since October 1st. That is a ton of soccer in a very truncated window. And they're beat up. They have some injuries. I think we're starting to see the fatigue factor there. Um, And I mean, I just don't have a lot of confidence in them, even at home, to pull out a result. But I also did the thing where then I can't trust United to pull out a result on the other end. So you know where I wound up again? I smell a coward's bet coming. (laughs) It's the draw at plus 240. Uh, And here's why, and this is why. Uh, We were really, uh, you know, in for a treat with 29 shots against uh, Spurs for United. But those 29 shots only led to 1.7 XG. So basically, league average XG per shot is about 0.1. And if you do the math, 29, 1.7, nowhere close to that. Also, both goals, the Fred goal was a straight deflection, but the Bruno Fernandez goal was weird. There was like a slide tackle where the ball like bounced around and Fred like chested it and it got deflected again. And then Bruno just one touched it with a great strike. So, I mean, the goals that they actually scored were really kind of weird and fluky. And Chelsea under Potter, the, the offense, the attack has not clicked. But defensively, they have gotten closer to that like two-goal peak era where they were shutting everything down. And so that's why the draw seems really appealing to me. I don't have enough faith in Chelsea to win, but I do have enough faith that, that United's attack is still not where we think it is as far as the goals. Um, and that, you know, United winning away, like, do we really trust that quite yet? Yeah. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, Brett, but... I, I kind of love what I'm seeing from the Ronaldo United team. I still don't oh fully boy. trust Marcus Rashford, uh, but they are finally letting Casemiro do what he does best. And Fernandez seems to really be enjoying having that shielding behind him. He's playing a lot more free. Yeah, he, Casemiro was really good yesterday. Yeah, he was. He, I mean, I, I know I took shots at him either last week or the week before, but it's because they they either weren't playing him or they weren't playing him the right way. When you play him the right way, he's a enormous asset and that actually might have been worth the seventy million bucks. And if not, if for nothing else, for the knock on effects he's having on the front line in front of him, including free <laughs> Fred. I mean, who knew that was going to be part <laughs> Hash, of the seventy million? Hashtag- Free Fred. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as as other players get to press forward, as Casemiro provides some of that steel in the midfield that they've been solely lacking, uh, they looked, dare I say, good 
It's gross. I know. I need to go drink gasoline after I say that. But <laughs> I, I, I just can't ignore what I'm seeing with my eyes, right? And even though I have some severe biases here. Um, in some ways, this match actually seems to me to be like a, a little bit of a referendum early on on Graham Potter. It's a big chance for him to step up and prove he's got what it takes. Uh, Antonio Conte, as we'll get to more when we get to the Spurs, has been so rigid. It really exposed himself against Manchester United. It left an opening for Ten Hag to surprise him with tactics. And surprisingly to me, Ten Hag actually did it. Came up with a really creative game plan that totally routed the Spurs uh, as they become far too predictable. So can Potter now do the same thing to Ten Hag or at least not let Ten Hag completely predict what he's going to do? He's shown he's willing to be tactically flexible, uh, but can he do it in a big game like this one? The games against Milan made me think he's got it in him, but a scoreless draw against Brentford and getting out XG'd by a horrible Aston Villa team last week has given me pause. As a result, I'm taking United here, plus half a goal and minus 135 to get a result. Oh, man, that had to hurt, especially yeah. considering they were your running joke last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's definitely nothing wrong. The, the, these teams seem to be trending in different directions. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's really hard to overlook the fact that United just absolutely dominated a Champions League team in their last match. Um, but that said, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm going to be the guy that's going to rain on everybody's parade. So, so my prop bet, just given all my spreadsheets and where the wins are taking me there, is the, the no for both teams to score is plus 110. That's and mine. That, that's actually oh, mine right. as well. Yeah. We're okay. right on the exact same page here. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, well then I'll, I'll tell you what, we already know my reason because I already did my whole walkthrough of why I couldn't trust each and, you know, the XG per shot for United and Chelsea being good defensively. Where did you, how did you end up there? Well, I mean, not surprising. Mine's a little bit more simple analysis than you and your walls of spreadsheets. Like I looked briefly <laughs> at Pulisic as at any time goal scorer at plus 220. He looked really bright as a second half subs, uh, substitute midweek. And I think he's earned a start, but I'm not confident that he'll get one. And so since I can't be sure he'll be in the lineup, like plus 220 is way too high a number to hang. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you and going with both teams to score. No at plus 110. Uh, I think both teams' best chance to win here, strangely, is to go like full Mourinho and play for 1-0 victories. Neither team is the overwhelming overwhelming offensive force that City is, so they are susceptible to getting beat that exact same way. And Chelsea has a run of five straight clean sheets going. United has a run of three straight clean sheets. So I love getting a plus number at plus 110 for at least one of them to keep that streak going. Yeah, it was, I definitely, you know, and again, we talk about this every week when I do this, I kind of have a number in my head when I go look at a line like that. And I thought it would be the other way, minus 110, maybe minus 115 for the no. So to get plus money, again, just seems like you're getting a pretty good edge. Yeah, I mean, I didn't check the odds uh, early in the week, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was minus 110 until they saw those 28 shots. And then it moved down because they thought United might get on the score sheet against Chelsea. But Chelsea... Chelsea, uh, Kepa has kept them, you know, in it. But considering they're missing Reese James and considering they're missing uh, Conte, like they're still pulling off clean sheets, which is highly encouraging. So I'm not ready to say they're going in completely opposite directions. Uh, that United's ascended and Chelsea's descended, particularly after they just you know swept Milan in the Champions League. And a week ago, I was crowing about how good they look. So I'm not going to be that big of a weather vane and blow with the wind and say you know now all is lost. But yes. 
without those guys, their holes, uh, their defense definitely has holes. Their transition game is lacking certain creativity. Aspilicueta cannot carry game after game load on his legs on the right side. Like that right flank has looked uh, pretty easy to exploit. If I was if I was Manchester United, I'd be trying to overload and letting Anthony like run those guys ragged. Um, but all that said, like they still do have five straight clean sheets. They still are in fourth. They still do have a lot of world-class talent all over the pitch. And so they are going to be in this game and I'm not expecting them to get, you know, just completely outclassed here. Yeah. And it's definitely very big that it's at Stamford bridge. If it was at old Trafford, this would probably be a different story, but that extra juice that you probably get from a home crowd and the extra edge that you get from playing at home, it definitely is a factor of why I couldn't go all the way to the United side of the spread. Um, I, I just think that they'll have enough juice to make sure that this game is very tight one way or the other. Yeah. Very tight one way or the other. I think it, I, I see it 1-0 or 0-0 is kind of what I look yep. at. I looked at the under on goals as well, but uh, I thought that this boost to score no was a better number. Uh, all right, so let us go ahead and take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, then we'll be back with the rest of the slate. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you a 1,000 tier credits and a 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Yes, you have to know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, or if you know someone who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingMDGamblingHelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. Or text C-O-N-N-E-X to 247-247. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. 
Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. All right, we are back. And we are heading to Nottingham Forest, 19th at 6 points versus Liverpool, 7th at 16 points. Saturday at 7.30 a.m., the early game. Pool is minus 400, Forrest is plus 1,000, and Caesars has the draw at plus 475. You better not take that, you coward. Uh, Pool <laughs> minus a goal and a half is minus 150, Forrest is plus 120. All right, Brett, uh, what a difference a week makes for Liverpool. They turned back the clock wonderfully in beating City last week and did all of us a huge favor by keeping this Premier League title race open for a few more months. Uh, they then followed that up by grinding out three points over West Ham to move them back within easy striking distance of the Champion League spots. So, Brett, let's play the soccer world's favorite game show. Are Liverpool back? <laughs> uh, I don't know if Liverpool are back, but man, the Darwin Nunez show is pretty good. Uh, six shots in about 60 minutes and a goal. Um, making me look smart. I wish we could have done a midweek pod so I could have taken him as an anytime goal scorer like I like I am right now. Yeah. Because my my new way of showing cowardice here is not going to be to take the draw. It's going to just be to conveniently talk past the spread and go to two prop bets instead. <laughs> because there was no way, every way that I looked at the spread, I just couldn't come down to anything. It was a really strange week for Liverpool because they absolutely throttle the best team in the world. They were the better team on the pitch without question against city. I mean, am I wrong on that? No, I absolutely agree with this take. Yeah. And, but then we got to West Ham and aside from Darwin, just basically shooting every time that he touched the ball in good locations as well. It was a very uninspiring performance. Um, you know, and again, we have no Yota, we have no Diaz for Liverpool. So their attacking talent is being whittled down. They're playing a ton of matches I just don't know what to expect. This, it is not, we're playing the game show. Are they back? And, you know, you're supposed to say yes or no. That's how these game shows work. But I just don't know. I, it's hard to say because I feel like between the match buildup, the injuries, there are going to be some really weird, inconsistent performances from Liverpool, especially with this little kind of formation switch back to the 4 4 2. Like, I just don't know. Um, that said, they are playing Forest. Yeah. Forest suck something yeah. fierce. Yeah. Um, so the old, but the, still that said, the only thing that I'm really confident in is, is one of my favorite things that I love to go to, Toby, a good team to do a good thing. Allison saved a penalty against West Ham. He is without a doubt to me, the best keeper in the world right now. And Liverpool are plus 100 for a clean sheet win over one of the worst attacking teams in the Premier League. Between that and Nunez, you can make Nunez like minus 210 at this point. I'm still taking him as an anytime goal scorer, and he's minus 120. So I'm going to just like, you know, magically wash away the spread stuff, and I'm going to go with two prop bets this week. Yeah, uh, I think this is really smart by you. If you just, if we just recorded you like in uh, Greenfield and you just said, okay, I'm taking Nunez as my anytime goal scorer, I'm taking a draw in the biggest match of the week, and I'm taking a defender to score, you wouldn't have to show up for work anymore. Like we could just run that <laughs> in perpetuity every single week and still, <laughs> still have to pay you. So I think that's really clever of you. I think you're really on to something here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
As far so as the, I want to take all my vacations, you can just run the loops. <laughs> seriously, it's like a, it's like the uh, the Brett Coromino soundboard, and there's only three keys. <laughs> uh, so I'm still skeptical. Uh, I hate to keep piling on, but TAA continued to show real problems on the defensive side against West Ham. He failed to properly track the flight of a high ball for the millionth time, gave up a clean look and a goal, and then with only a few minutes left, he gets absolutely roasted out on the wing outside of a box that leads to a cross across the goal mouth that probably should have led to an equalizer. I I know it kind of is what it is with him at this point, but I still have a hard time watching it week after week and think they're going to continue to keep clean sheets. Like the the consistency is is what is missing. It's like he is consistently a liability, and so I have a hard time believing they can consistently be considered back. And until I get my you know, head outside of that space, I'm probably going to give the same answer on this game show. Uh, now, as you, know, as you mentioned, Jota and Diaz missing significant time. It's really going to challenge Salah, Firmino, and Nunez uh, more than they expected. Like we talk a lot about depth and a lot about fixture congestion and all that sort of thing. Like they thought they had you know the best attacking front rotation in the world outside of City, and now they're down two men and they've got you know some guys that are long in the legs that are going to have to carry a whole lot of minutes. Uh, so it was really, really wonderful to see them on their best day again. Because when they're on uh, their best day, they are still, you know, among the best in the world. It's a very small number of teams that can play at the level that they played at. But I'm not ready to treat them fully that way yet. Uh, all that said, Forrest is complete trash. I mainly spent all that time talking about pool, so we don't have to talk about them. Pool wins here, just a matter of how much. I'm willing to lay the minus one fifty to say it's by at least two. Yeah, well, see, the one thing I have to say though, and and and. and I want I need a rebuttal from this because this is at least my perspective is when you look at a team like Forrest, we have made fun of them quite a bit. We've made jokes about the fact that they've turned over their whole team. They're still bad. They were bad before they turned over their whole team. Um, but the, the thing with a, a team like Forrest and any team now that comes up from the championship, because there's so much money in the premier league, because that jump is now so huge, these teams are forced into a choice and their option. A is to do what Norwich did and just say, we're going to go up. We're going to keep our core of our championship squad. We'll probably sell a player or acquire a guy on a free or someone cheap, some young guy cheap that we can maybe take a flyer on. But we're mostly going to be up here for a year. We're going to pocket this money. We're going to go back down and our club is going to be in a healthy financial state. Or there's the Aston Villa and now Nottingham Forest track that they're taking, which is we have to spend big in order to try to match these teams. We're going to outlay the money. We're going to use this premier league money and then some to basically try to spend our way into staying up and close the gap from a championship level team to a premier league level team. It has obviously not worked out for Forrest, but in some ways, should we kind of almost be grateful that a team is doing this? Oh, because hell yeah. Norwich, Norwich last year to me, was like kind of insulting and pathetic, even though it was the way the, the smart way to run a club. It sucked as a fan. Yeah, hell yeah, right. right? I mean, like I, I, I'm, I don't live in Los Angeles. I didn't live in St. Louis or anything like that. I loved when the Rams won the Super Bowl last year because they went for it. I love teams going for it and being rewarded for it and laying out a blueprint for other teams to go for it. Like we don't want to see doormats. We don't want to see teams that are the, you know wildly worse than the, the competition that they're playing against. We want to see highly competitive fixtures week after week. And so while it didn't work out for Forrest, and you know, yes, they are going to be the butt of the jokes, you're absolutely right. And thank you for calling it out. Kudos to them for going for it. That is what we watch sports for. We don't watch it for the tanking. We don't watch it for owners 
Sooners to try to, you know, get a bigger broadcast TV contract, get a higher enterprise value for the club and flip it like it's an asset. That is not what we are here for. So I am 100% behind your take here that, yes, thank you for Forrest for going for it. I'm just sorry that you're still going to get rolled. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I'm taking Liverpool over two and a half goals minus 105 because Liverpool love nothing more than the stat pad against bad teams and Forrest unfortunately qualifies. They went 9-0 against Bournemouth earlier this year, 7-1 against Rangers. Given it's the early game and they need to save some tread on their attacker's tires, I'm not sure they're going to reach like nine or seven levels, but it's basically even odds for them netting three. That looks really strong to me, so I'm taking that. Uh, nothing wrong with that, man. I mean, good team doing a good thing, but just in a different way. Yep. Uh, and you put them together, I'm sure there's sites out there that would let you like, you know, put 3-0 up as a scoreline or 3-0 or more as a scoreline and probably get pretty tasty odds for that. Oh, yeah, you probably would, actually. Toby with the ideas. It's yeah. Like deal, man. Look at this guy. Yeah. One day you won't be shocked by him. That'll be nice. You don't get, you don't get, you don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> you got paid. Oh, I got to talk to accounting. Got to fix that glitch. All right. So third game of the week, go to Liverpool's opponents from the, the big showdown last week, Manchester city, second at 23 points versus Brighton, eighth at 15 points Saturday at 10 a.m. City is minus 520. Brighton is plus 1400. The draw is plus 550. Caesars also have City laying a goal and a half at minus 175. Brighton plus 135. All right, so let's actually start with Brighton, Brett. Um, They came out and put on an incredible display against Poole 3-3 after Potter left and haven't scored since. They got blanked by the Spurs. They got blanked by Brentford. And they got blanked by Forrest. Uh, but they did manage over a goal and a half of XG against both Brentford and Forest, which is more than the XG they generated against Liverpool when they scored three times. So given they are creating plenty of chances, do you expect some regression to the mean coming um, for Brighton and for them to start you know, netting goals again? And is it this match or are they just going to fold against the City juggernaut? I'm going to I'm going to answer that question with another question. Are you ready to really get into the XG nerd zone right now, Toby? Because this is where we're going. Yeah, I we're going to... deep. This is a this is a Twilight Zone version of the XG, XG, XG conversation. This is perfect. Um, I needed to go get a drink. So please go on. <laughs> All right. I'll just talk to no. I'll talk to Mikey on the other on the other side of the virtual wall here. Um, but no, like so when, when you when you talk about expected goals, um, Basically, not all XG is the same. So two teams can have maybe one XG in a match of chances created, but one may have it through 10 shots and the other may have it through four. So ideally, you want the bigger chances. You want to have four shots worth 0.25 XG if you're going to get there rather than the 10 chances of a shot to go in. Okay. So Atletico, a couple of years ago, they were actually kind of doing this. They were taking like five or six shots a match and each of them were like in the center of the box off somebody's foot, which is a really high value shot. So Brighton, yes, there's going to be some regression here. 3.6 XG over the last three matches, but they only shoot league average shots. They aren't shooting from great locations. Even against Forest, they had uh, 18 shots for that 1.7 XG. So that means that each shot location on average was below the average Premier League shot as far as expected goals go. So 
that's where the regression conversation might get a little tricky. And it, it's also a bad thing when you're trying to get your regression to the mean to come against Manchester City, who's one of the best defensive teams in the world. And they are also going to do the same thing that Brighton has had trouble with. Brighton does a great job of piling on chances, but they don't have the type of attackers that get them the really high quality ones match in and match out. City is only going to exacerbate that. So I definitely saw this little patch that they're in. And was like, oh, there's probably going to be some value on Brighton scoring, on a certain Brighton player scoring. But then when you dig a little bit deeper, it's really hard because they're just not going to get those big chances that you want against City. So for me, I really just can't get to the point where I, I, I'm going to get to Brighton being undervalued. Now, maybe if they get blanked against City, have a couple of decent chances, we can start looking at, at them again further down and probably get a lot of value there. This match in particular, though, I just don't think I can get there. That was really impressive. Like last week, you said that I was coming for your XG title. Uh, that I used it more than you did on the last show. And this was like Marlowe taking his corner back in the wire. Like he just came in <laughs> and you pistol whipped me with XG and it's yours again. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I have the crown. When does that get mailed? Me, Pauls, when does that get mailed to me? <laughs> uh, so I asked that question because as usual, when we talk about City, the big question in my mind isn't will they win? It's just by how much. The loss last week doesn't change anything for me at all in the Premier League. It's 38 games. Um, and all but a handful of the games that they're going to play are against teams that are not nearly as good as pool performed last week. They absolutely dominate weaker opponents, which is why I'm certain over the course of a 38 game campaign, they will be on top at the end, but it did definitely show that you could beat them in a knockout tournament when big clubs play their best games. So don't be Mm -hmm. anywhere near as confident if you're going to hold a city champions league ticket as you are with the premier league. That's just the big difference between the competitions and Liverpool exposed some cracks that, you know, the, the, the juggernaut can be taken down. Uh, if you bring your A game. And I, I think that's great because as we were talking about with Forrest, we want to watch highly competitive fixtures. But over 38 games, like City's great. One of their greatest strengths is they don't turn off against weaker opponents, which is why they keep like year after year compiling uh, totals, total scores for the year in like 95, 96, 97, up close to 100. It's because they always take care of teams that are playing like minnows. Um, so in this game, we'll see if they try to prove a point after coming off of that loss and really pour it on to Brighton. But I'm confident they will win by at least two. So give me that city minus a goal and a half at minus 175. Well, you know, man, I'm a, I'm a coward at heart. So I'm saying the coward thing. This was another one where I just couldn't figure out in my head, looking at the numbers, if there are any edges as far as the spreads are concerned. And the prop bet stood out. And one is going to be a very practical one, Toby. And then one is going to make you just so happy that I that I picked it. <laughs> so the first one, my practical one, if I'm reading my writing correctly, which, God, I have terrible penmanship that hasn't improved since I was like 10. Um, the overall under for the match of two and a half goals. And this match just screams with Brighton being very good defensively, City being a team that likes to just control possession, this match screams for a lot of 1-0, 2-0 scorelines to City is a huge part of the range, I think, here. So under two and a half goals was plus 170. I just could not get away from that one. Now, that was my practical one. Toby, are you ready 
for the it's coming out. Ooh. I haven't done it in a while. Which You've defender scoring been, this week? Which defender scoring this week? Joe Cancelo. <laughs> yes. plus At least you picked the right Jao one. Joe Cancelo. So here here's here's the story behind Cancelo. So this year, I think we're getting him at a little low. Plus nine hundred seems really really high for me. Um, especially Cancelo is such a weird fullback and that he's not the type of guy that sits on the touchline, whips in crosses. He inverts. He plays like a midfielder and he definitely is not shy on getting on his right foot on the left wing and just launching shots. And when they played Brighton last year, he not only had two shots, he created four other ones and he had the second most touches other than Almeric Laporte on the entire team. He was incredibly influential in that Brighton match. And I think he's going to be the same way again because of the way that Brighton play a back three. The fact that he tucks inside and plays like a midfielder means he is going to be where the numerical advantage for City is. And I think that means he's going to have opportunities to rip some shots from long. His XG this year is at a 0.4 for 90, which is real low. But It's also way down from where he was uh, two years ago, which was at 0.11, which means he's basically scoring once out of every 10 matches. Um, And now you're going to have a team that's going to have a ton of possession in a fixture that we know he's very influential in. And I just haven't picked the long shot in a while, and I kind of wanted to do it. (laughs) Yeah, well, if I didn't say anything bad about him getting uh, twisted around by Salah to give up the game winner last week, I'm not going to say anything bad about him here. So I'll let you I'll allow it. Um, I actually see the game a little bit different from you because I think any game picking the under involving City is just throwing your money in the trash and you might as well just give it to me. So like, congrats on taking an under on a City game. I hope you're right because that is not the coward's way out. Um, I am going to take, because I'm always hunting for value in City games, I'm taking Manchester City to score in both halves. This is minus 125. Here is some fun with numbers, Brett. Uh, since, okay. I, since I think they will win by at least two, they have to score two goals in, in premier league games in which they've scored multiple goals. Uh, they've done it eight out of 10 times this year and seven of the eight times they've done it. They scored in both halves Here go, put all the numbers together and minus minus one twenty five seems like an excellent value for them to split the, uh, halftime break by rippling the nets on both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> basically with city the way that they play the way that they with they just stamp on another team and pin the ball in their final third there is never a good time or a time in a match that is like better for them to score than another cuz even when they're up they most teams in soccer when they score the goal they like to sit back they like to cede possession they let the other team try to play and then they counter cities like f that we're going to hold this ball and we're going to just hold it for all 90 minutes and you're never going to get any shots. That's the Pep Guardiola dream right there. (laughs) And so both have bets for city. I always think are really good because there's such a weird outlier in soccer in the sense that they, when they score and they go up, they just continue to want to step on your throat. Yeah. Only other thing I'll say about the match and then let's move on a similar rationale that I gave last week in another match, instead of taking city minus five twenty. If, if you're convinced City's going to win, which I am, instead of taking City minus 520, just make a decision of whether you think Brighton will score or not. Because City to win uh, to nil is minus 108, and City to win and both teams to score is plus 175. So if you could just reach a decision point on whether you believe Brighton will score or not, you can get wildly better odds than the minus 520 on the money line. So just that's, that would be my recommendation if that's the route you want to take. 
And now you're putting that MIT professor professorial hat on. I know. Yeah, I can't speak today either. Use the word ergo. I should get hired ergo. on that. Sound like the architect prof- in the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you are the architect. Maybe you are the architect in the matrix. I mean, you do you do put all this together and then you you hit me with random XG things here and there. I don't know, man. He could just be playing coy. Yeah, be careful. He's outlasting many of the one, Brett. Uh, all right, so Southampton, 14th at 11 points versus Arsenal, first at 27 points, Sunday at 9 a.m. Arsenal is minus 180, Caesars has Southampton at plus 470, and the draw at plus 310. Arsenal minus half a goal, stays at minus 180, Southampton moved up to plus 140. And just if you're curious, Arsenal minus a goal and a half is plus 150. Um, this is another game that is fairly straightforward to me. Southampton is a bad team. Arsenal hasn't shown they're going to slip up against garbage squads quite yet. Uh, Watching Leeds outplay them last week, beating them in XG 1.86 to 0.55 and only getting bailed out by a really bad Manfred pony thinks that that like leaking points against garbage squad might be, might be pending. That might be coming out. Uh, But right (laughs) now they continue to week like just eke out these one goal victories and they're doing it week after week after week. So I'm not willing to lay money. that says that this is the week they're going to drop points to this trash Southampton team. Um, they're not separating from opponents though. So it's hard to take them on a high adjusted line. So put it all together. Uh, I'm not going to go for any sort of big win here or be a hero. I'm going to stick with the boring Arsenal money line at minus 180. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where I ended up as well. Um, so, well, actually, you know, I'm, <clears throat> Uh, I mean, I went back and forth. I shouldn't say that's eventually like it was set in stone where I ended up, but I ended up there as well. And and I'm going to give you a little hot take though. Leeds, I don't think is it uh, Leeds is getting unlucky. I think that's actually a top of half of the table team that is actually on the wrong side of variance right now. So I didn't really take that match the same way. Um, but because, you know, gambling makes you do things that you really regret. Well, when I had two players in my stack that were on Bournemouth and Southampton and I was watching matches, guess which match I kind of had to watch to see how my stack would do. And oh my Lord, are both those teams terrible? (laughs) Um, It was really bad. I mean, Southampton got up and then basically created absolutely nothing against Bournemouth the rest of the match, um, which is just not a thing that's a sign that you're at all remotely a good team. and I just think that Arsenal, they're legit. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think the Leeds match is more says more about where Leeds are at than it says anything about any signs of slippage from Arsenal. Um, so I, I, I wound up where you did there. And then Jesus is on a little bit of a finishing rut. He's plus 125 as an anytime goal scorer to that. I mean, I don't know. I looked at that. I didn't even need to look at anything else when I was going to get, get a prop bet up. Like... Uh, Plus 125 for the best goal scorer on Arsenal? Yeah, I mean, I took it last week for the exact same reason, right? So I absolutely yeah. stamped that one. Um, I think it's one of those things where you just keep betting it, and hopefully it doesn't end up like Harry's roulette system where you end up uh, broke, but I think you just have to keep playing <laughs> until it hits. Uh, all right, so mine is Arsenal to win first half plus 104. Um, more, you know, just more numbers. Arsenal scored in the first half of 8 of 10 Premier League games. It's not like Southampton has some phenomenal first half record to skew the trend. In their last six Premier League games, they gave up a goal. Four happened in the first half. Uh, and so, like, when you could just 
put the two together, I think Arsenal will score in the first half. I like that a lot. You could just take that at minus 150 and be done. But since I think Southampton's not going to score, you might as well get the better odds at plus 104. Yeah, and I mean, just and, and like I said, just watching how Bournemouth controlled the match <laughs> against Southampton after Southampton scored their early goal. I mean, Arsenal of actual good players. I think this could, I think we could both regret just taking money line here uh, instead of like an adjusted spread. But at the same token, I really, this is, this feels like a, a bet that has like a very small range of outcomes for me. I think you can take the money line and then your floor is basically a draw for Arsenal. And then the ceiling is Arsenal are going to win this by three or four goals. It just feels really safe at this one. Yeah. Okay, uh, let us take one last break. Then we'll do the Tottenham game, the five pint, and get you out of here. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, we are back, and as promised, it's time for the Spurs game. They are third at 23 points, and they're taking on Newcastle, sixth at 18 points. This game is Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Tottenham is plus 104, Newcastle is plus 250, the draw is plus 250. Spurs minus half a goal is minus 105, Newcastle is minus 125. Woo! Uh, All right, I got to kind of shower myself off whenever we get a a descending Spurs team versus ascending Newcastle team. So let's just dive into it. I have been as bullish as anyone on Spurs so far this year to anybody who's been listening to the show. Uh, But I have to say that game against Manchester United really scared me midweek, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Tottenham are sitting back far too much, far too passive. There's not enough physicality in that midfield. They cannot just be a counterattacking team while they have no steel in the midfield to allow them to play that way. It just makes them far, far, far too predictable. They're like Zoolander right now in that they only have one look and they cannot adapt. Um, Overall, more than anything else, Brett, I I see them missing Kuliszewski. This is kind of what they looked like last year before he arrived. And with, with Carlson carrying a knock as well, they are playing with a deck lacking the wild cards that they need. And guess what, Brett? Newcastle are freaking good. They lead the entire Premier League in goals against per game while also being third in the league in XG created. And 10 games is enough of a sample size to start taking those numbers really seriously. I've got one last burning ember in my spirit for the Spurs as keeping me from following my head and taking Newcastle outright. But I'm at least taking the Magpies to get a result, getting half a goal at minus 125. And if, when I throw over to you and you cover the game and you say you're taking them outright, 
part of me wants the listeners to listen to you because I think it's actually the smart bet. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Newcastle plus two fifty. I, uh, I mean, I mean, I could, I could send you Eddie Howe's press conference as your cold shower and his response to Jurgen Klopp. Dude would made a great press secretary for the Trump administration, but plus two fifty for Newcastle. They are legit. This is a really good team. They just beat Everton, out shooting them sixteen to one. They held out. Now look, it's Everton. Yeah, my team. Whatever. They're horrible. But that's really, really impressive to hold a team to one shot over 90 minutes. And Spurs are definitely leaking oil. They missed the creativity of Kulishevsky. I mean, Perisic is, was supposed to be kind of their big, you know, Conte's warhorse coming over and kind of rejuvenate that left wing back spot. He looks more washed than anything. And I know he's coming back from an injury. But then the dude's going to have to play in the World Cup. Like, I don't think that they can count on some miraculous return to form from the mid-30s wingback that's going to have a ton of minutes on his legs. Um, I just think they're in trouble. Like, I, I just think this this is not even as much, as much as I'm impressed with Newcastle and the things they've been doing. This is very much a bet against Spurs, as much as it is a positive thing for Newcastle. Um, they just seem like the clear favorite in this match. And, and you talked about having no steal in the midfield. It's also hard to have steel in the midfield when you play the same two guys for 90 minutes every single match on the weekend and midweek. Hoiberg and Bencore are going to basically die by the end of the World Cup. Actually, we shouldn't even make that joke with the whole Christian Eriksen situation, but they will be run ragged through the World Cup. He doesn't rotate despite the fact that they bought Ibasuma for pretty big money. Um, and they just like he barely played. He got the start only because their third attacker was out against United. So there's something seriously rotting here at the core for Spurs, and we're starting to see the squad depth issue prop up for them, and Newcastle have been really, really, really good. But before I get to my prop bet, I want to play. You You like playing game shows with me when you played standard game show. I'm going to play one with you, all right? It's going to be called Guess the Player, all right? <clears throat> so we have two players here. One is... One is on Spurs, one is on Newcastle. Player A is averaging a pretty decent 0.29 XG per 90. He has three goals and about two, and is averaging 2.96 shots per match. But his odds as an anytime goal scorer are plus 140. Player B is averaging 0.33 XG per 90, has five goals, and is averaging about 2.59 shots per match but he's averaging plus 400. Can you guess player A, he plays for Spurs? <laughs> son. Son. Yeah, son. son. Player B is Miguel Almiron. That, the, the rise of Almiron on Newcastle, whose numbers are pretty much in every facet equal to or better than Suns this year, and you have a massive anytime goal scorer gap of plus 140 to plus 400. Uh, two guys make, producing about the same rate this year. And like you said, we're enough into the season where we have a track record of this. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> like, this is crazy to me. So, Almiron is an anytime goal scorer. He scored against Everton. He's been really, it's, it's been a really cool rise from kind of this guy that everybody thought was overmatched. This try hard winger who was good for just like pressing opponents and maybe link up play has now turned into a really complete attacker under Eddie Howe. It's a kind of a cool rise, but 
this is where you see the books. We talked about this last week. You brought up the great point. They do not always measure, you know, what is actually going to happen. It's the perception of what's going to happen. And Sun's name just carries so much weight versus Almiron. And you see it in those numbers right there. Well, I would like to congratulate you right here and now for being the first person at the Extra Points Network to get a pitch rejected before it was even formally made. Do not bring me that game show and think you're going to spit it off. I will not be green lighting it. Uh, so it is a compelling point, though. Like Sun is, Sun's name is continuing to carry his name up there. The three goals all came in one match. Uh, so if you had bet him as an anytime goal scorer every single time, you're holding, what, nine losing tickets and one winning one. And so to think that it's still almost even money is a little bit crazy. Uh, I am taking in this game under 2.5 goals, minus 110. Given Newcastle's defense and the Spurs' stiffness, it's hard to find evidence that we should expect a goal fest here in my mind. I think we are far more likely to see something similar to Newcastle's nil-nil last week against Manchester than their 3-3 banger versus City. As such, I absolutely love the range of outcomes this bet covers at essentially even odds. You're getting 1-0 on either side, 2-0 on either side, and nil-nil. So I think this is great value at nearly a coin flip. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, like, uh, I, I I can't overstate this enough, and I probably will bring this up a lot during the World Cup. Nick Pope is one of the Premier League's greatest shot stoppers, and he should be England's number one. Um Anytime that you have someone that saves you goals consistently year after year, those under bets always look good because those guys will stand on their head more consistently and save more shots than the average keeper will. And the fact that he kind of goes under the radar, whenever you talk about goalkeepers in the Premier League or goalkeepers that play for England, I, I just think he is such an undervalued asset. It's like the crazy, and we'll have this talk with Matt Turner in the U.S., But, like, the dude's a great shot stopper. Anytime you have great shot stoppers in goal, unless the defense in front of them is completely collapsed, I love underbets. Yeah. All right. Uh, We better get to the five pint because I got to go. I'm still reeling from playing that game show and rejecting it so early. And it's not like I'm a hard guy to get something past. I once greenlit drinking Scott Harry's brother's bathwater. And I'm still not willing (laughs) to go forward with your project. So let's get out of here as fast as we can. Um (laughs) On the five pint, Newcastle and City both let us down last week. Both of us backed them uh, to get different results than they ended up achieving. Uh, but Chelsea came through for me and helped me take the lead going into the last two match weeks of October. I'm up uh, 16 to 15.7. For my five pint this week, I'm going with the following picks. Chelsea, Manchester United, both teams to score, no, at plus 110. Manchester City to score in both halves, minus 125. Arsenal to win, First half, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Arsenal to win first half at plus 104. Newcastle uh, to get a result. So they're so getting half a goal at minus 125. And Liverpool minus that goal and a half against that that unfortunately bad Forest team at minus 150. One pint on each of those. How about for you, Brett? Uh, mine's gonna be pretty consolidated this week. Uh, I got I got to go with my boy Darwin minus 120 is an anytime goal scorer. I don't care what that line's going to be. At. <laughs> you, you talk about me just being able to re- recycle things week to week. Just go ahead and just put Darwin Nunez and just adjust his odds my five by every week. Um, That's really nice of you. That, I mean, I know we have yeah. a template for the graphic, but now Meatballs has to do virtually nothing for your half of it. It's <laughs> exactly. Just changing one is, number and he's good. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make Mike's life easier. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, then my coward's way out is actually going to make it all the way to the five point. I am going to bet that plus two forty draw between United and Chelsea. Wow, um, I I definitely just think that is going to be a game where it's going to be really hard for the or match for those two teams to separate. Um, and so I think that's the way that it has to go. Um, and then obviously Newcastle, that's going to be the big one plus two fifty. I know they let us down last week. They still played fairly or last weekend. They still played fairly well. Um, so I'm just going to put two pints on that plus number. I, I just think they're the better team and you're getting plus money for it. I don't care if it's home away or whatever. Um, and then I kind of threw a rope it up at you here. I was torn between two guys in the Newcastle anytime goal scorer. I really, really wanted to go with Almiron, but there is another number that I had to go to. And I wanted to save it specifically just for the five pint because we ha- I haven't done this yet this year. I have not gone this high, but the odds first, plus 800, anytime goal scorer, the player, Joe Willick from Newcastle. <laughs> there we go. There you go, buddy. I wanted to save the best part of the show for you at the very end. Oh my I God. didn't want to give it away in the prop bets, but that's my guy, especially with the way that United's midfielders kind of bossed the game against Spurs midweek. Willick's going to be playing as a free eight. He's got great underlying numbers and plus 800, baby. It's so juicy. I got to get one. Wow. It's been over a year. I got to get one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're making this game unfun, Brett. Like you got you to <laughs> show up to compete here. You can't just like forfeit week after week with these plus 800 for this guy to score. Look, what are you doing? All I need is one. That's all I need. I can ride. I don't even care if the math doesn't work out. I don't care if I'm down in the long run. The the equity I'll have over you by hitting one of these will be worth it all. Oh. I mean, I, I will literally have a Joe Willick kit on if he scores. And that's what's happening. The rest of the show, I will give money to the Saudi-run franchise right here for <laughs> Joe Willick to score a goal. All right. You clearly need to rest since you just put that into your five pints. So I assume that you're sicker than you let on. Uh, So I'm going to let you go put your feet up and your head down and think about what you just did for a while. Everybody else, I really hope you enjoy the weekend's games, and we will be back next week with our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. See you next week, folks. Take care, y'all.